Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody. Thank you again for being with us today. At this hour, sales of condos and co-ops in Manhattan hit their lowest quarterly levels since 2009. Earlier this year, with the largest year-over-year drop since the financial crisis, the fall in recorded sales numbers extends beyond condos and co-ops to single-family homes and townhouses and is not limited to just Manhattan, nor does it appear to stem from concerns over interest rates higher taxes, or other macro factors. Also at this hour, you know what people say about New York City. It's a hell of a town. It's a concrete jungle where dreams are made of. And as Billie Holiday once sang, it's glittering crowds and shimmering clouds in canyons of steel make us feel like we're so at home. And as the saying goes, if you can make it here... You could make it anywhere. But first, you are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate, and I am your host, Vince Rocco. This morning in the news, after years of waiting, 45 Park Place is finally making a rapid ascent into Lower Manhattan skyline. The skyscraper will rise 43 stories and 667 feet to its rooftop pinnacle and is being developed by Sharif El Gamal's Soho Properties. I hope I pronounced that correct. Although substantially shorter than nearby towers like 30 Park Place, 56 Leonard Street, and 111 Murray Street, the 50-unit structure will still offer comprehensive views of Tribeca to the north, Brooklyn, the Manhattan Bridge, and City Hall to the east, and the World Trade Center immediately to the south. As the Brooklyn Grove continues to rise in Brooklyn's buzzing downtown metro center, new renderings reveal both interiors and exteriors of the forthcoming residential tower. Located at 10 Neving Street in Borham Hill, the structure will rise 27 stories and comprise 184 condominiums that range in size from studios to three bedrooms. Permits have been filed for a 14-story residential building at 415 West 120th Street in Morningside Heights in Manhattan. The area is well known for its pristine buildings, with portions of the neighborhood recently landmarked as Historic District. The site is seven blocks away from the 116th Street uh, subway station serviced by the number one train and a steep six blocks from the B and C trains on Frederick Douglass Boulevard. Tri-Arch Real Estate Group is behind that application. The Landmarks Preservation Commission will soon consider renovation proposals for 954 Madison Avenue, a historic uh, corner property on Manhattan's Upper East Side. Uh, Iconic fashion label Carolina Herrera commissioned the project, hoping to enlarge the existing Madison Avenue flagship location, according to Manhattan Community Board 8. Representing the Upper East Side of Manhattan and Roosevelt Island, the original three-story structure was designed (coughs) and completed in 1925 by architect George F. Pelham, whose work can be found throughout the city. Uh, And finally, City Councilman Rafael Espinal will introduce a bill today that will ban disposable plastic straws in all venues across New York from stadiums to street vendors. I mean, seriously, really. Yeah, this is a good one. This is a good one. one. In my studio, we have a non-combat straw. Hello. It's a nice metal one. We were just commenting. It's amazing. Uh, You know, it's uh, several American cities have already banned plastic straws, including Malibu, Seattle, and Miami Beach. And the idea has gained popularity internationally. Vancouver has voted to ban plastic straws, while Scotland and Taiwan Taiwan are moving to do the same. In the, if New York passes the law, it could be the largest city in the world to pa- to ban plastic straws. Plastic straws are seldom recycled, and coffee shops and bars go through way too many straws every day. One venue in Brooklyn reported using 1.4 million straws throughout the year. 
this according to the congressman. So I was just recently in South Florida, and I had a big fight with somebody because I never heard of uh, plastic straw bands, and the bartender wouldn't give me a straw, and I said, are you out of your mind? And I left a word out of there between, you know, you up your mind. <laughs> that showed him. Well, he wouldn't give me a straw. I'm I like, live, what? This, is, this is crazy. I live on straws. I literally live on straws. I and, do too. And thinking about what it does to your body and then what it does to the ocean and the animals in the ocean, I just couldn't do it. Except do you maintain your white teeth by drinking coffee out of a straw because it goes directly well, to the back of your well, that's why I drink out of a straw. <laughs> I trained Jet to drink out of a straw and now it's like I feel guilty See, if I, I give her a straw to drink oh out of a Oh my God. You've got to be trained. It. How long did that take? You would do that. But we digress. <laughs> in a via. <laughs> just just joking. She can't handle a straw. Trust me. She flushes the toilet, though. You told me that. I believed you. <laughs> she does lots of things. Anyway, I'm here with the panel today. Matthew Cohen from CORE, Matt Martin from Halstead Real Estate, Sean McPeak from Halstead Real Estate, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, Anna Shagalaw from Halstead Real Estate, and Bo Paulson from Halstead Real Estate, and... The uh, Paulson Shagalop team is here in force this morning. Al and Bo work together on a daily basis. And and welcome, Bo, your first visit to Good Morning New York. Happy to have you all. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the sales of Happy condos. Happy to be here. <laughs> Wait, the, the Halstead, chime in a little bit. Half of the Halstead company is here today. It's the Halstead, it's the Halstead Bro it's Show. Thank you, thank you for having Tracy and I as guests. <laughs> We've got a lot to say. One, two, three, four, five. Get it? Okay. Anyway. Get it and get with it. <laughs> Seriously. I, I can tell it's going to be one of those shows today. Where's oh, yeah. Louise? <laughs> she should be here. Next week. Sales of condos and co-ops in Manhattan hit their lowest quarterly level since 2009. Earlier this year, as I said at the top of the show, with the largest year-over-year drop since the financial crisis, the fall in recorded sales numbers extends beyond condos and co-ops to include townhouses and single-family homes in the outer boroughs. And it's not just uh, limited to Manhattan, nor does it appear to stem from concerns over interest rates, higher taxes, or other macro factors. While the most recent federal tax reforms and rising interest rates have complicated the math for would-be buyers, the low numbers of condos and co-ops sold in 2018 uh, have much more to do with a steady decline in inventory of price points most New Yorkers can afford. That's what's so interesting. Echoing the national shortage of affordable homes for sale <clears> as <throat> the price of entry into the traditionally affordable neighborhoods has risen, the city is simply offering fewer and fewer homes accessible to the vast majority of buyers. So my question to all of us experts here is, how are we doing? I mean, what, what's, what's happening out there? The bizarre market. It is a challenging, interesting market. Week by week. And depending on the price point in the neighborhood, sales, rentals, exactly. There's micro markets, of course, that some are doing better than others. But I think that uh, the media is having a very large impact on the way people are transacting right now. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I believe so. And I agree with what Anna just said a minute ago, that it is kind of week to week. And that's what's surprising to me. I've been around this business for a long time. And we've always had cycles. And we've always had, you know, cyclical whatevers. But... Literally, things change in days lately and certainly in a week. It's unbelievable. You can do one or two deals in a week, and then you can go three weeks without even getting a visit to one of your open houses. So it's like bizarre. I think there's also one of the things that's happening in the city is it's changing. And it's the first time in decades where the city is really expanding into Queens, the Bronx, New Jersey, Brooklyn, and that's changing the city, and people can't get their sort of their head around it yet, and um, they really don't know where the city is going yet. And especially on real estate prices, you know, we're skewed by the um, the high end of the market. And um, if you look at the outer boroughs, and if you look at New Jersey, I think there's 
there's a lot of real estate transactions that are being done that um, that aren't you know that are sort of under the radar in the sense that they they aren't coming up on on our uh, on our data sheets and um, and we're not seeing the numbers. All right. So when we all go home in the evenings and we scratch our heads, oh yeah, absolutely. When we go home in the evenings and we all scratch our heads and we kind of think or try and understand and figure out what you know potentially is the issue or issues. What do we think about? Because I was thinking about it, and Sean and I talked about this before we went on the air. I mean, I, you know, last night I'm watching TV and I'm just thinking about a few things, and I, I can't really put my finger on. I agree with what you just said, Bo, but I can't really put my finger on why, you know, in Manhattan it seems to be, you know, a, 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 a situation where people are just frozen in place well, and not really moving or doing anything about moving. So I'm not quite, they, they'll send me listings. Sure, Vince, send me listings. Let me look them over. I'll let you know. I'll do this. I'll do that. And then after three weeks of sending listings, you're thinking, okay, so, well, you know, there are lots isn't of great listings. Isn't it the state of the nation, though, too? Yeah. I mean, isn't it, aren't we a very blue city and aren't, you know, a lot of us nervous about what's happening politically and sort of, you know, there's, there's just too well, much going on. Already. Whether we're Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever. It but not to get political. I mean, even though we are a blue city, don't you think that most of us are very conservatively, you know, handle our money? Like, I think a lot of people are conservative in New York. But I agree with that. But to Bo's point, and not to get political, as Matt just said, but when the president tweets yesterday, and it's all over the freaking news last night, that he's able to pardon himself, what does that tell you about the person who's leading this country? That tells you to delete Twitter. You're delving into data. For the second time, I say, but we digress. No, but it doesn't matter what our opinion is. I think the fact is, it's giving people pause. That's right. That's my point. Clients are skittish right now, and they're not going to pull the trigger yeah, when exactly. somebody is trying to decide whether they're going to go to war with North Korea or they're going to have lunch in Singapore. I think, can I, I have another um, theory also in that for the last, as of, from, from sorry, let me think for a second. From two years ago <laughs> back, about five years, it was very much a seller's market where people yep. were throwing money at every listing. Aspirational pricing, no problem. Bidding, hand over fist. That's throwing, my point. And yes. You start at the asking price and you go up from there. And I think that there was a level of um, buyers feeling bullied that mm. um, they're kind of very sensitive to now that they're like, you know what? I'm going to wait. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Yep. They're very, very educated. There's a lot of information out there. And um, I think they just want to be more in control. So or they have swung too far the other way. Now they're taking too long, ruminating too long, and re- knee-jerk reactions. And, 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 and there's no urgency. On that too. There's no urgency for them either, which adds to it. No, and I think there's no urgency too because people are kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. No one really knows what's going to happen with tax reform. And I know that, that we all read that article on Street Easy, and it said that these other macro factors didn't play into it. I think that's a little a little naive to, th- to say completely. Like we've gotten to this point where prices are a little – they're out of reach for a lot of people – but to say that the tax reform or the, the increasing in interest rates doesn't play into it, people are kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. They don't want to jump in. But but I, I 100% agree with you. I agree with all of you. But here's my question. My question is, you know, Anna pointed out before that, you know, we had a marketplace where everything started at ask and you went from there up, up yep. not down. So now the buyers have the control. Buyers have the market you know, on their side. And buyers can say, I'm not paying that price, which they do. Right. Or the sellers say, I have to reduce my price, which they are. So now we're giving the buyers a non-frenetic, uh, calmer marketplace to take a deal that makes you feel comfortable. Their time. But yeah, but they're I don't, taking their time to do it. But so, do we think that all sellers are, are 
at it all. We all talked right, about this a to that? No. 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 And I think that's no. the other reason that people are kind of taking their time because there's not there's not the selection of properties. There's not the inventory with pricing that's yet where they want it to be. Well, you know what? There's not so much of the inventory because some of the, the would-be sellers were the buyers a few years ago in that market that Anna referenced, and they right. don't want to take a loss. That's they correct. do not they need to, to sell. So Great there's that point. factoring yep. in. And then there's also, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, it's not the perfect storm. Sellers still want a little bit higher than they should be getting, and buyers are maybe, in a lot of cases, still a little lower than they should be. So sellers we're not spoiled. For we can all say that we're probably sitting back with sellers that want to sell. And who don't want to list at the moment? I've got a few of them, and just say, "Look, I, I, loss, no question. I, like, I can't yeah, take a loss right now, or I don't want to sell for it. We're totally at a stalemate. So, you know, we're kind of at a point where I think those of us who've been around for a long time have to get a little more creative with both sellers and and buyers. And as Matt said, you know, the the buyers, I mean, the sellers are not necessarily in all cases willing to chop down to the number that's going to do a deal for them. They'll get there, maybe. If they're not going to take a loss, but you know it's it's taking a little bit of time to get there. Anyway, with that, we've got to take a break. We are listening to uh, Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel, live from Blastoff Productions here in New York City. We will be right back. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Well, and crazy panel, Matthew Cohen from CORE, Matt Martin from Halstead Real Estate, Sean McPeak from Halstead Real Estate, Bo Paulson from Halstead Real Estate, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, and Anna Shackloff from Halstead Real Estate. It's a Halstead Bro Show. There we go. And anyway, for a while, Tribeca has reigned supreme as New York City's priciest neighborhood with artist loft turned condos and celebrity-approved buildings uh, boasting the once industrial area's cachet. And with a spat of high-end new developments in the works, 
That's unlikely to change anytime soon. Robert A.M. Stern, 70 Vestry Street, has already cemented its reputation as an ultra-luxury refuge with the price tags to match, seeing the building's $65 million penthouse, which already has a buyer. On Leonard Street, at least three new residential developments, including 56 Leonard, were penthouses and... Uh, and not in short supply and adding more pricey apartments to the area's already uh, high housing stock. And that's just the beginning here. There will be 15 new developments in research this week, 15 new developments coming to market in Tribeca. So, listen, I'm, I remember before I was even in the business looking for a rental in Tribeca with a friend of mine. We went on lunch hour, and I was walking around, and I thought, well, this could be a, a nice area. I worked on Wall Street. It was close. And I thought to myself, who the hell would ever live in Tribeca? <laughs> I ran. I ran. That's because you're so young. <laughs> I was. Your youth is amazing. I was at the time. But anyway, so I thought that's the whole point. So through the years, Tribeca has become absolutely, absolutely unbelievable. And now when you hear 15 new developments, I first say, where are they going? Yeah, but they're all they're all small developments. They're nearly all small cast iron. Yeah, they're boutique developments. They're they're not going to impact the um, the amount of uh, inventory that's there. You know, it's going to be negligible. But tell me why there's still an influx of people who want. Initially, the celebrities went because they wanted anonymity. Initially, the initially the families went because they can get larger spaces for their children and their nannies and the whatever. Beautiful cast iron buildings. Correct. But is that still the case today, or is it you know for other reasons? I mean, it's built up tremendously. Obviously, I think that. It's very centrally located for a lot of people. Even though we consider it downtown, I think that with Brookfield and also the World Trade Center being built well, up yeah. and the you know the Oculus, um, I also just think you can easily walk to many different places from there. So I, I think people see it not only you know not anymore as like a desolate area where you have just cool lofts. I think there's not only a lot of retail, like Serafina just opened a huge spot there. Um, you have Sushi of Gari, like they're amazing restaurants too. The entire well, world's moved downtown. I mean, any uh, high-end retail you shopping you want to do, you walk south now from Tribeca. Restaurants, and boutiques. Also, and also everything. Tribeca is now twice the size because they took over some of the yeah. financial districts. So like, so <laughs> exactly. some of these, well, well, it's a lot bigger now than it used to be. I mean, some of these, one of the, it's basically the boundary goes to Fulton Street. That's a, that's a blurred line of demarcation now. I mean, you got Two of the developments you're talking about are actually um, being done by a developer I work with, and they're one is on the south side of Canal, and the other is on the um, on the north side of like of whatever the street is below Barkley. And I'm like that. That's not Tribeca. That's I mean, so so it depends on what you. Well, want to they call used it. To, they used to call Greenwich Street or whatever it is right across from the World Trade Center, you know, as Tribeca, and I'd be like, no, not really. Murray Street was like the hard border for Tribeca. <laughs> yeah, you know, and 50 and Murray was built, that rental building right, with the Equinox. Now Hardra Barclay is prime Tribeca. No, okay, I don't agree with that. I don't think people... I think it's the same now. I don't know about prime. I will say also PS234. I mean, that's a huge draw to the neighborhood. Absolutely. That's why you see a lot more. Well, I think... No, Tracy, you're right. There's a lot more strollers now. I think that's why families originally went down there because 234 was and is and continues to be an excellent school and people went there. But Matthew Cohen, you sell a lot of real estate in Tribeca. So when people come to visit you at open houses or make appointments... What is their reason for wanting to either stay in Tribeca or go to Tribeca from another neighborhood? What are you seeing more coming into it or staying? People get so I find that more people stay. People get very used to Tribeca, um, especially families like what Tracy's saying. I actually have a few, 
young hotshot, you know, wealthy tech clients who live there who actually are moving out because they're like, it's too family for me. Um, and I find that family. people who have lived in <laughs> Tribeca for a long time in like prime Tribeca, so meaning, you know, between uh, if you want like around Hudson or even, you know, let's just say like west of church a lot of them want to now be east of church like a lot of them now want to be between church and broadway or they want to be right or they want to be north of leonard like 70 vestry was so successful because you know you had 250 west street kind of like make that area absolutely um so well that's also different that's a different type of clientele that's coming in now the families that are coming in the the the, the type of people that are moving into Tribeca are not looking for necessarily the cast iron building anymore, the, you know, 15 foot loft type building because right. they, they're, you know, they want light in every room. They don't want, you know, a, a 60 or 70 foot apartment where there's, you know, darkness between the 20 to 20 foot in, in the front and the back. And to Bo's point, I mean, about the cast iron, like what's cool about Tribeca right now is that if you are someone who's interested in buying new development, there's so much, um, there's an eclectic choice for you there's you know you can do a cast iron like 108 leonard but then you can do a brand new build like told brothers at 91 leonard you know or you have like brand new modern glass like 45 park or 56 leonard so you have options there's a lot of people looking for luxury down there too i mean like the battery park city crowd that kind of wants to be in tribeca well because there wasn't luxury before right Right. and And, and most of tribeca is still landmarked so you're right. still restricted on how much you can build there. So I think Tribeca is still a good buy because uh, it'll- I, I'm a big fan of Tribeca. I think it's incredible. But but my only concern is not that it's a concern, but you know the line of demarcation as we mentioned just a few minutes <laughs> yeah. ago. I mean we keep stretching the boundaries into the World Trade Center area over east to Broadway, over to Church Street, over to the Financial District. I mean, I it's not really Tribeca in those areas, and I think that that's oh, it's where definitely not Tribeca. A lot of these <laughs> buildings are going up, but it's not your Tribeca. When I think of Tribeca, I think of the traditional cast iron buildings. We all work in one down in in flat in um, in uh, the village, but those are the kinds of buildings that when I see down in that neighborhood, that's what I call vintage Tribeca or original Tribeca. Right, or now you're Tribeca starting to sound like the old guys who are <laughs> right. like, oh, no, 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 Reed Street isn't Tribeca. You know, <laughs> Dwayne Street isn't Tribeca. No, I will, <laughs> no, I will push it to Reed and Tribeca. And I do do that, yeah. But in the beginning, that's what it was like. I right? was like, I mean, no, you that's not Tribeca. And, yeah. and if you take your you personal just... feeling out of it, I, I agree with you. Like, I love prime Tribeca. But at the same time, because they're building buildings in like West Tribeca and Northwest Tribeca, like just north of the Citibank building, you know, Lispinard is now a thing. There's also, it's really good for the economy because they're also building retail. They're not just building the buildings. They're actually putting restaurants and mom and pop stuff. So it's good for the economy. And Target, the only Target they have. Let's not forget Target. There's two more coming into Manhattan. All I know. There's a Chick-fil-A, there's Target. What are we doing? There's Chick-fil-A on 6th Avenue. But that's why, for example, the evolution, as Anna loves to use that word, and I love that word, by the way, the evolution of the neighborhood is amazing because like for example the Beekman Hotel you have this amazing restaurant or several oh, restaurants now. yeah and this yeah. bar and then mm. but the then atrium. the whole the whole area around there is is also cast iron buildings and you know Listen, I remember when Why the hot spot was Bubby's, right? So, of course, uh, I love Bubby's. I don't say that. There's no, no restaurant bad. in the city that I have not eaten. I've eaten more meals at that restaurant than any other. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I I every neighborhood has micro neighborhoods within them. And I think Tribeca is a, a prime example of that because you have like the Dwayne Park area. You have like the upper, the northern west, you know, quadrant that is like maybe only 10 years old. Uh, you know, all the buildings there are. 
all be garages and and uh, UPS and all of that. Well, that's further north. Sorry. And be and uh, Anna did her homework. Yeah. Yeah. Your micro neighborhood. There are micro neighborhoods just yeah. kind of everywhere. My personal story with Tribeca is, and and because I started loving Bubbies, this is way back whenever I wanted to buy an apartment. This is before I was a real estate agent. So it, I think it's fifty three North Moore Street. It was a combination of like three or four buildings that some developer put together. That great, great bar, no more. Correct. Right in the yeah. corner. Correct. And Love the bubble lounge. Oh, well, I had a contract out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dating myself now. She's 21. Well, no, listen. <laughs> listen, I can date. I can date you even more. But so I had a contract out on a two-bedroom. Two bathroom apartment. It wasn't very big, For but yourself? it was nice. Yes. Oh my God, Joe would have loved that. You're moving this downtown. Is way, this is way before. Joe. No, 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 no. This is back. This, this is back years in the before you were born. <laughs> Pay attention, Joe. Uh, anyway, contract out five hundred and something thousand dollars, five hundred eighty-five thousand dollars, and oh I said, God. I brought my mother to Tribeca to check out this. Fatal mistake. <laughs> oh, hindsight. We all know in, in this business what that means. The mother, yeah. the father, the uncle, the grandfather, uh, this yeah. that. Well, mother came and said, what's with these streets? Oh, no. I said, they're cobblestone, Mom. I said, <laughs> never go backwards. Don't think about it. Yeah, think about the current well, do you know what that apartment sells for today? Four million dollars. Four. Yeah. Right. Thanks, Thank mom. You, mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would hold that I'm over sorry. my mom's head forever. I told her. That's, that's the good Jewish son I am. We were just like, talking that's... about that over Easter time. I don't know how real estate came up in conversation. God figured how real estate comes up, right? But I said to my mother, I said, Mom, you remember that apartment in trust? She said, those streets. She still remembers those streets. <laughs> I said, well, those streets if recently? I sold yeah, really. now, it would be worth $4 million. She just paused and said, you should have bought it. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. oh my God! Thanks, Mom. Hindsight, hindsight. Okay, should have bought it. Okay, moving on. The Robert A. M. Stern <laughs> Architects Design Building, 15 CPW, uh, has emerged as the one of the best-selling condo buildings in New York City in the past 12 months, based on the average price per square foot. Even in, in light of what we said about the market being sort of on pause, still the best-selling uh, building in the city, price per square foot-wise. The decade-old condo uh, building claimed its distinction. In the latest City Realty 100, City Realty 100 report that was published last week, and also first reported by the Real Deal, the building saw a total of eight sales between April 1st of 17 and March 31st of 18, with an average price of square foot six thousand forty-five dollars per foot in this last wow. year. That's astounding. Astounding. Uh, bigger name de- outpacing rather uh, bigger developments uh, for 432 Park, 157th Street. Some of the notable sales at the building within the above uh, mentioned time frame include a 35th floor apartment that sold for $28 million and a five bedroom home that sold for $21.5. Sting also recently, li- when he lived there, he sold his duplex at 15 C- uh, CPW for $50 million. So, my question to you all is in light of what we said at the start of the program, <laughs> What is it about? We said last week, what is it in a name? So what is it in a building that still can command these prices? Quality. Location. Quality. Yeah. All the, yeah new de- all the new developments that are going up these days, they've been spoiled, and they are not putting the quality in that they did at 15 CPW. But I, not, all them, locate, but not all of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. West End Avenue is amazing, 45 yeah. East 27. All I know is when incredible. I go to show at 15 CPW, they make me hang out in the mailroom. Right, but wait to those points. Yeah. Look at all the best-selling developments right now. They're all Robert Stern. Uh, two is it two hundred two twenty Central Park South? Yep, yep. Um, 20, seventy yeah. best shoes. Robert Stern. Yeah. They're like yeah. copies of fifteen CPW. Wait a minute, yeah. two twenty CPS is uh, Stern. Yeah. Yes. yeah. 
Yeah, it is. And so is 70 Vestry. And 20 East End just had a mega sale, too. Yeah, yeah, it's a gorgeous project. If that location didn't suck, that would have sold. Totally unbiased, Matt Cohen. Totally. But it's an iconic building. I get it. It sits at the base of Central Park. It's 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 a beautiful location. Yeah, there are a lot of things going on. There's privacy. There's a pool. I mean, they did they did almost everything right in that building. Yeah, and now we do have the Bell Nord coming on. That is absolutely astounding and beautiful. I've missed a couple of open houses that they've had this past weekend because I was doing my own, but I'm dying to see because I love that building. I'm dying to see what they is absolutely beautiful. I went this. to one of the soft yep. launches. It is absolutely gorgeous. Definitely worth checking out. And it's actually on customers. the park, which yep. is not you know Fifty uh-huh. Seventh Street. Fifty Seventh Street is not a great street. Well, I mean, first of all, Billionaires Row. It missed me. Anyway, we gotta go. <laughs> uh, we we gotta go. We have to take a break. We'll come back after the break. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please don't go away. We will be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Everybody, we are back, and uh, we're going to have a little fun this segment three. We're going to talk about New York oh, we City. We haven't had any. I've been falling asleep as the news has. We're entertaining ourselves if no one else. At least there's that. Well, we'll see. Anyway, but we, we're going to talk about New York City, a city that we all live in, a city that we have all come into from other places, a city that we have fallen in love with and love and really can't imagine life anywhere else. But that is also the fact for so many other people who are starting out in their life and wanting to dream or dreaming about coming to New York. And it's like, you know what people say about New York City. It's a hell of a town. It's a concrete jungle, but that's a place where dreams can be made, right? Lots of people come here from uh, out of boroughs, from out of state, and they come here with dreams in their eyes, and hopefully they all achieve it. Millions of people have found inspiration in New York City's buildings, in its energy, and in its people. But there are also so many under-the-radar places, moments, and experiences in the five boroughs that go a long way towards cementing Gotham's reputation as the as the greatest city in the world. So let's look at some of the things that people who live here enjoy people who want to come here enjoy and and the rest of the world sees on the big screen or on television the new york city skyline right where do you see anything that can rival the new york city skyline but wait if you live in the city how are you seeing that <laughs> Sorry. I mean, obviously, if you go to Brooklyn or Jersey, well, you as you come it. and go well, from I mean, the boroughs, the, okay, the, just wondering. In, the bil- in, in higher floors of the building, right. you see the Rooftop. skyline. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not like the anywhere. wide scale. 
<laughs> now I like the big never mind. Well, when you okay. come <laughs> over the 59, when you come over the 59th Street Bridge from one of the airports, right? You or see you come over the, the GW, you come yes, over the GWB and you look down and you see it. Yeah. And it's it's beautiful. Yeah. But you have to admit though that the skyline I I mean doesn't I mean there's no place else that rivals this skyline, right? And I think anybody who wants to be a part of New York City thinks about the skyline and, or watches it on television or in the movies and dreams about oh wow look at that I remember Saturday Night Fever the movie how many years ago right yeah. at the end of the movie when they were coming into the city from Brooklyn couldn't wait to come into the city the I need to live in the two mats were not alive but <laughs> that's <laughs> the whole point right I'm dreaming about New York City and what do you see first on screen the big beautiful skyline Whenever we um, go away on vacation, then we, you know, we come in from whichever airport. It there's this feeling of uh, when my kids too. I mean, they're they're six and nine, and they have that feeling, "Mommy, there it is." Yep. I mean, there's something about going over the Williamsburg Bridge because we live downtown. And just seeing that skyline, and you just feel like, I just can't wait to be home. I think even more magical than the skyline, talking about coming back from vacation, is when you're in an airplane. You said on the left side if you're coming from vacation. I've lived here for 12 years at night. I lived here for 12 years, and I took probably 60 pictures last time I flew over, because it's just so magical. It never gets old. No, it it just never gets old. old. And it's always changing. And you do see it in probably one out of every two movies. There's something about in New York or most TV shows. There's some scene or something, and it is... Identify. That's my town. That's my city. Yeah. Uh, and other people New York say pride for sure. Uh, for sure. And uh, other and people it's say Pride Month. New York Pride. Thank you. Right. It's New York Absolutely. Pride Month. That's right. June. So and people also point out the fact that this is a walking city, right? In the suburbs, you live in a car. You go, yep. you know, in transportation. But here in the city, we, for the most part, and forgetting the fact that we're all in the in the walking business, but but we walk mostly all over there's the place. A, there's a funny statistic out there, even though we're all stressed out and we, we live probably more unhealthy lifestyles than the rest of the country, we actually live longer. And one of the arguments is that it's because Correct. we walk so much. Correct. Yeah. It's hard to find a, a really overweight person who is like a, a, a local New Yorker. Yeah. I will say that too. We because of so our we eat the best food in the world. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. even even if so, because doctors Dirty will dogs. always tell you to exercise <laughs> more or whatever. But I remember my dad being told many times in the past, you know, when he was alive, you got to, the doctor saying you got to walk, you got to exercise, you got to walk, you got to exercise. Mm-hmm. And why would you do that when you have a car and you go from the house to the this to the that? Mm-hmm. So here in the city, you know, even if you are a little out of shape, you are still getting that exercise that can keep you living mm-hmm. longer yeah. as okay. As Another two miles a day, just as a normal course of like just going. Oh about yeah, exactly. that's, that's, like a that's why all the rent controlled tenants are living on the sixth floor. That's right. Come there's on, a sociability to walking. Yes. Where because you're just among the crowds and you're among people and you're running into people you know all the time yeah, all and the especially time. in our business, especially in our business, <laughs> there's always brokers. You walk I mean, in how many times have I run into oh events in the street? Yeah, and even years. in my neighborhood, I walk I around and I see yeah, all the brokers several times. several times. Yeah, you do. I, mean, I also think we can all relate when you have. I have a lot of clients who will ask me, "Why should I?" you know, buy in Manhattan or why should I buy in the, like another borough? Like they're like, what are the pros and cons to like staying in Brooklyn, staying in Manhattan, like not going to Queens, things like another that. Another political I'm discussion. Always, <laughs> I'll, I'll always say, even if you're in Harlem, it's so nice that you could technically walk to work and walk home from work. Like it's so nice on a beautiful day and you get out of work early, you that, have like a good hour. Why don't you walk slowly home from work? That is true. The other thing that people point out is it's a 24 hour everything. Right. No matter what neighborhood you live in, there's something that's open 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, I'm on the Upper West Side, so there's very little. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was say, so downtown, yeah. downtown Brooklyn, 
you know, yeah, right, there's right. not even a pizza place that stays open late, but but you know, in the but, city, but, yeah. but for, for the most part, though, it's a 24 hour kind of lively city. Everybody's Absolutely. going here and there. Sunsets in the park. Who doesn't love Central uh, Park, Riverside Park, Prospect Park? What was right? that home in Manhattan Henge? Can someone explain that to me? That's oh, where, it's, the, it's where, where the, the sun, sun actually lines up. Oh, yeah. With, oh, with the uh, down the yeah. avenue. So you, you uh, can see the sun on the street all the way down. I had one of those moments where every single person on my social media was just like, Sun, sunset photo, Manhattan. Yeah, it happens like, twice a year. Yep. Here are two uh, things that made me laugh when I was researching this story. People love about New York City, A, the subway, and B, everybody not, likes people watching, uh, right? Subway, I think, is a. No, I don't think I don't think the subway is Well, I go on record saying I don't use the subway, so we all know that. But the Bloomberg subway. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Right. But people watching, we all, I'm sure, oh, love to watch. My favorite pastime. But anybody who says they don't long. like people watching, I say they're lying. Yeah. I'm lying I completely. completely. I actually think a great um, icebreaker, if anyone here is still single, Sean. Um, and Tracy. Sorry. <laughs> I think wow. Jane, if you ever, need, if you ever and, me, and me, if you ever need an icebreaker, whether it's a client, a date, or whatever, ask them what their favorite place in New York is to people watch. It's a really good question. You'll get very cool answers. Oh, you have an answer? I'm, I'm curious. Um, I will always say it's either I actually love people watching on the Hudson Piers because yep. I yep. think it's when okay. you see like people running. Interesting. You yeah. see, you know, uh, nannies and mothers, you know, doing their the stroller dog. thing. Like, yeah. I think you see everyone. I think, I think Union Tompkins Square, Square also. Tompkins Square. Tompkins is great prominent. for people watching. Oh, right. I look out of my oh, friend's yeah. office who faces the north side of the park and I mean, there's gems out there. Oh, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. A lot of, a lot of people fighting like take shadow boxers and stuff. It's great. It's unbelievable. <laughs> the other thing, getting back to the subway, is people say knowing you feel like a New Yorker or you feel like you've arrived when you know where to stand on the yes, subway yes, platform. So you exit the train at the I right I want to plug spot. an incredible <laughs> app called Exit, exit Strategy. Strategy. It yep. is the best. Yep. And Except in our business, strategy. every minute counts. So if you have two minutes to catch a train, I'm booking to wherever I need to stand. Or yes. I'll, I'll every um, subway stop, I'll change cars to get to that spot. Yep. Really? I d- I've, I've done that for years. I know there's an app for that. Yeah, but it's it actually they stopped updating but, but, but it like five years ago. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. You know it yourself when you know when you when you use the subway as much as I do, it's impossible to keep it all straight. It is. I agree. Sometimes you get a little confused, like yeah. I'm going home. So where do I stand again? But exactly. then you, you kind of yeah, figure yeah. it out. Or I'm no, I'm going to the office. Pretty pretty I got to go all that way. How about when you're on? How about when you're on the subway and all of a sudden you're going over the bridge and you're like, whoa! You're on the right train. You're on the right train, but it's. Which that's, one? The, yeah. that's the worst. That's the worst. That might be a result of a few too many cocktails, right? Yeah. The only time that happens is when you're so deep into your work. That's happened to me twice. One because of cocktail and one because I was actually reading a book. And this goes back a long way, but I ended up in Brooklyn two times. And I, I thought, well, how did like I do that? Oh, I ended up on 125th Street way too many times trying to go to Brooklyn. It's that moment when you look up and say, when did the queue go? Above ground. The other one people say seem to think about, and I agree with this one. The city is a melting pot. I mean, if this isn't a melting pot city, oh I don't know God. what is. Right? It's oh. very comforting. I mean, for a lot of people from other countries, I mean, this is New York is the international city, the, the single international city. I, I know we have San Francisco. I know we have Miami. I know we have others, but really, for just such a broad swath of, of other nations, it is. I think so it's one of my favorite things people. about the city. Is just you walk outside, and you hear. 
a hundred different languages. Literally a hundred different languages. I hear more it's, Danish here than I do in Denmark. Like <laughs> 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 walking around so he's like, wait, what, am I am I in Copenhagen? It's my favorite reason for raising kids in the city. Yeah, absolutely. Diversity is just or none. Phenomenal. They, they know yeah. their favorite sushi by age three. I think Ew, actually. You know, somebody, yeah. no. Talking about their own Uber app. Yeah. <laughs> like, mommy, can I take they an can, Uber? They can call an Uber, no problem. Oh, please, I see these young <laughs> kids in the morning calling Vias and Ubers all the time, and I'm thinking, you know, phone in their hand is, is bad enough at 10 or 12 years old, but now they're calling Ubers and Vias? Yeah. Oh, like, I learn all my social media skills from 10-year-olds in my Vias. <laughs> they're, like, on their, they're on their Instagram, and I'm like, oh, what's that app? Like, what is that? I'm like, okay, It whatever. raises very we, independent, self-sufficient kids. Oh, I had an eight-year-old run into walking into one of our apartments as a gut renovation and she had an iPad with her Pinterest out designing the apartment for yeah. us. She said eight-year-old. And you were like, where's your pre-approval, honey? Am <laughs> <laughs> I negotiating with you I or said, your parents? do you need an internship this summer? <laughs> two years of tax returns? <laughs> okay, so here's, here's one getting back here. to my mother, Cobblestone Streets. Right. Uh, Who doesn't love cobblestone streets in this town? Not I that there are that it. many of them, <laughs> but I don't like walking on them sometimes. I was just no, going to say, beautiful. I love the way they look. I hate the way it drives, and yep. I hate the way they walk with yep. people. <laughs> yeah, when it rains. Yeah. But packing meat, packing meat is quite a problem. Yeah. Best okay. cobblestone streets are sell, uh, Seaport, though. Come on. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah it's so well. prime. Absolutely. Yeah. They're beautiful in Dumbo. Here's a couple more. The High Line, of course. Who doesn't like the High Line? Although Gorgeous. I was on it twice, and I said enough. I don't need to see it again. Lincoln Center. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you know, you just it's provided, very crowded. You just provided the answer it's too to crowded. I can't deal with yes. the crowds like that. Yes. I mean, it's People beautiful, watching on the high line, and there are some apartments that actually they see it's well, like out art, like on the second floor. And what is it, two forty-five, ten thousand? Living is one way to West Chelsea. It. I mean, you can buy a ten million dollar apartment, and people can watch yeah, you yeah. take a shower. Well, right. awesome. well, well wasn't that part of the appeal? No, wasn't there a story a couple of years ago where either the second floor, the standard hotel? Yeah, I don't know what it was, but people were watching live action video as they were walking on the high. Line, yes, right? Yeah. Show us. Okay. They had a campaign about it. Like, show us what you're made of, or something like that. That's such a good well, idea. Well, the standard yeah. hotel That's a great tag, but I've never heard of that. Wow. All right, when so Lincoln Center, open. Chelsea Market, Little Italy, Broadway, on and off. Who doesn't like to go to a great Broadway show, whether it's on Broadway or off Broadway? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Because John Steinbeck once said, once you have lived in New York, it has become your home. There is no place else good enough. Once you master New York City, there's really no place else that you're going to. I mean, every, I, you know, I flirt with, well, you know, do I want to go here? Maybe when I retire, do I want to go there? And I think to myself, who are you kidding? I mean, <laughs> it's like, no. That's when I, you get like a summer house somewhere and you have right. a best of Or you can retire to Miami, which is Manhattan South or the sixth bar of New York. And I can help you out with that, Vince. Oh! I'm an Miami is so different. I really do it. <laughs> Here's the other one that made me laugh out loud. It says, we have very strong opinions about pretty much Everything. Everything. <laughs> no, Everything. I mean, we strong opinion. I strongly disagree. I'm like, well, who, who came up with these things? These are great things. It's amazing. Anyway, Little Italy, Chinatown, Chelsea Market. I mean, the Chelsea Market's fantastic. All of these outdoor, you know, flea markets and food markets and Union We're Square coming. where we work. My God, I walk through there in the summertime. I need shopping bags to get all the fresh fruits yeah. and the vegetables and the tomatoes. It's like amazing. And we also really are so close to mountains and lakes and beaches. I mean, with trains or zip or the, car the, or fa- even or the, the subway. Free f- or cheap ferry. Exactly. Bridges in general, all of the bridges, Absolutely. which were not on your list, I think. They were not. They were not part of the skyline, just, especially. Or they might have been, and I didn't highlight them as as uh, things. But anyway, so oh, looking over the Brooklyn Bridge, Bridge. just to end the segment, as they say in the world, anywhere you go, if you could make it in New York City, 
you could make it anywhere. So with that, we will be right back after these messages. We are live from Blast Off Productions here in New York City. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters. Performing at the top of their game, each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. We are back for our last segment with Matt Cohen, uh, Matt Martin, Sean McPeak, Bo Paulson, Tracy Hammersley, Anna Shagaloff. Did I forget anybody? (laughs) I think I got everybody. Okay, anyway... We just talked about success in New York City. So when you've made it in New York City, how do you make sure that the world knows it? If that's important to you, there is only so much desirable Manhattan ground to build on. And mansions are a lot of work. The rest of the city is pressing not only uptown, but into the sky. And you've uh, spent a fortune not to live in anyone else's shadow. So up you must go as well. But into what? In today's New York, it seems as though the super wealthy are blindingly literal, choosing simply to go higher and higher to make their success feel more palpable. The shiny towers uh, spiking up along the southern fringes of Central Park and even downtown are the manifestation of the chilly vision multi-million dollar apartments designed as New York Magazine's architecture critic Justin Davidson once described it as for people who think of the city as their private snow globe. Okay, not quite sure I get that, but whatever. 
for the lonely uh, oligarch prowling in his high uh, high rise uh, box in the sky. Yet for previous generations of urban titans who in the 1920s, so we're going all the way back to the beginning of Manhattan, abandoned their mansions for luxury high rises, superiority alone wasn't the draw. As new exhibition along, you know, the Museum Mile in New York City illustrates the origins of high rise pre-war, oh, I love that word, uh, luxury uh, buildings lie all throughout. Fifth Avenue, Central Park West, all of these wonderful, you know, uh, boulevards as I call them. So, Back in the day, <clears throat> people lived in houses, right? The the city was filled with brownstones. And then so the trend was <clears throat> somebody came up with the idea of building an apartment house. And I know I called, I said once the on this Dakota. program. Did you read that book, The Address? I most certainly did. But I, I called the, sh- the a building an apartment house one day. And this one over here made fun of me saying, I've never heard anybody refer to a building as an apartment house. That would house. be Matt Cohen. That. that would be Matt <laughs> Cohen. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, the, like trend, we had to guess. the trend back in the 20s when the pre-wars were being built was to take yourself out of a brownstone go figure and into a luxury dakota or beresford or one of these big beautiful pre-war buildings <clears throat> now it seems like the wealthy or the 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 people who can really afford stuff want the glitz and the glamour and the tall high rises and the super talls and all of these wonderful glass buildings so what says you when i say rosaria candela robert am stern come roth. on mm-hmm. emory roth so one of my favorite uh, conversations that my family and my Jewish New York family has is um, I love that in New York, you truly cannot tell how wealthy someone <clears> is. <throat> I always like to say you truly don't know how much money someone has. They could be wearing a Rolex and they could be, you know, to the nines, a woman could have a Birkin. They could be in crazy debt because you don't see their house. Right. You see, you know, their apartment building and what all of them have, you know, relation with is its location. I always say like it, it always comes down to location. I think the wealthiest of people will choose Fifth Avenue. I think they'll choose Central Park West, Central Park South. You know, they'll go to like Gold Coast on the lower Fifth Avenue, right, you know, just north of um, Washington, Washington Square Park. Park. Obviously, nowadays, it's Tribeca. Like, I think it's a location-based, and I think it's less about, you know, the glitz of a 157 and the glitz of a 432 Park, because I know many, many high-end clients and billionaires who don't want those things. I also think that you kind of lose the whole, the whole point of New York when you get higher and higher and higher. I mean, my favorite view is like 8th to 10th floor where you get a little bit of treetop, you got a little, little bit of sky, you get some people like down below you. And that's to me 100%. is like true New York. 100%. Depending that's on the neighborhood. I've always Depending said. on the neighborhood. There yeah, is something true. to be said for the wow mm-hmm. view though, the postcard view with the iconic. Yeah, but I'd love to see it. I don't want to live in it. Yeah, but if you're in an office, if I mean, you're so far Tracy, out, who you don't see lives in Madison Square Park Tower, like of course you would say that. That is not the view of my apartment, but from the 54th floor, it is truly one of the most Oh, that's amazing. You were looking right in the clock tower. The gold triangle of the New York Life Building. It is I mean, I, I, I remember once. You see the park, you see everything. Right. Yeah, I remember once when the the I guess the um the the Time Warner buildings were selling uh, way back when, and um <clears throat> I went up to one of the higher floors for whatever, and I thought, well, this is beautiful, and the views were spectacular, park, uh, river, north, south. I mean, just amazing. But I thought, you know, and I think I heard somebody here say this before. I wouldn't want to live in it. I mean, it was beautiful. I could appreciate it. But like Anna said, I kind of like on Central Park West, eighth floor is perfect. Tenth floor, twelfth floor. I mean, anywhere, say from eight to fourteen. I think a little bit of life, but not be all completely. And you get the tree line, so you get to see the whole park. You get to see Fifth Avenue. You get to see Central Park South. So you, you know, you you can still maximize a view if that's what you're going for. But there were people, correct? From that level. 
But Michael Dell paid what, $110 million for the, the one of the penthouses or the penthouse at 157? What are you looking and at? And look at one of the most, one of the, wealthiest, fly into one of the wealthiest avenues in the whole city is Park Avenue. And, ha- you know, more than 75% of those apartments don't have any views. So that just shows right. you right there that, you know, I, I think it really is location based. Like and all of those apartments are pre war, Vince's favorite word, and ornate. And the, the views are on the inside of those apartments yep. because it's such a beautiful architecture. The streets, I do agree the streets with, also, with, the, I mean, Park Avenue is the finest urban walk in, in the world. You know, I absolutely. walk every day home. I do walk yeah. to and from my office every it's day. Wide, Park it's wide, it's beautiful. It's got flowers. In the it's got a horticulture. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's got art There's all art. over it. It's unreal. I do agree with this what Anna's saying about what, what, when you as well, Vince, but I will say none of us in this room have Michael Dell's budget or, you know. We so couldn't live with, but. But Michael Dell is not a New Yorker, right? So, I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not one of the people who lives here. Correct. He collects stuff like that. And that's a collector and that's a pied-a-terre. Thing and with you know, all the Saudis, the Qataris, all those guys who are buying these you know, insane correct. apartments. It's, and they're, they're parking their money because they can get, them. you know, probably more somewhere down the road, although who knows. But as I've always said on the show, and I, I mean, I, I can sell any of these beautiful tall structures, super talls, whatever, and I have. But if I want to go back and think about my New York City, my town, as I refer to it as my town, I look at the older structures, the cast iron buildings, as we talked about earlier, the pre-war buildings along the boulevards of Central Park West and Fifth Avenue, West End Avenue, where I live. I mean, this to me is old world charm. I can appreciate and enjoy and love every aspect of New York or its multiple different architectures. But give me Candela, give me Emery Roth, give me Robert A.M. Stern. I think that's one I'm of the, this that's one of the on Gramercy Park, for example. I mean, you, would, you yeah. would not know how many billionaires actually live on right. Gramercy Park because they're – People in the know. They're – Absolutely. Yeah. And they're New Yorkers. Yeah. They live mm-hmm. here, they work here, and that's, yeah. That's the great thing about what we do is that we get to kind of see it all and have such a strong opinion about it because some, you know, most people don't really get to see how other people live in such extremes as we do, and it's just such a cool thing to do. It, it's, yeah. it, re- it really is, and, and, you know, getting to see it from the inside. I mean, I've spent many years in this town before. I was a real, est- real estate agent, and, you know, I loved it and appreciated it then, but I so much more love it and appreciate it now because I get to see things with a different eye, and we get to see so much, and we get to meet so many different people who live in these different types of, you know, housing stocks, whatever, and, you know, look, this, this is why we're all in the business. There is something for everybody. And so when you start out with buyers, they want this, they want that, they want post-war, they want pre-war, they want new new build. That's what makes our life interesting and makes our life fun. I would never, you know, say to somebody, you can't buy this or that. I mean, it's it's people's personal want, choices, like. and it's what you want. Move to what moves you. And I think, I know, I think. Move the, uh, to what moves oh. you. Oh. What a <laughs> Coming from the agents of change, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Why not? Anyway, any other final thoughts? We have about the best a minute left. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, but, the, but seriously, the the best the best new developments and the best selling new developments are the ones that kind of stick to those pre war fundamentals, high ceilings. One hundred percent. You know, a lot of width, a lot of linear windows. And yeah. I think Belmont is going to kick butt, for lack of better terms, because oh, I, I think it's very going to be very similar to like the Apthorpe oh, yeah. and the App. I mean, give yeah. me. I'm very excited about that. Give me project. the Southwest top four of the Apthorpe. I'm good. Yeah, like, that's at, my idea. I look at 70 Vestry. I mean, it's completely out of place in Tribeca. Sold out. Yeah, completely. Can All right. Get. Unfortunately, we are out of time. That's it for me. That's our show for today. Thanks to my guest. Uh, Bo Paulson and to the panel as always always remember how wonderful life is while you are in this world thank you Elton John and Bernie Taubin for that 
Be kind to one another for all of us at Voice America all around the world. Thanks for joining us, and I will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. 